From APM, American Public Media, this is a special podcast-only bonus feature super-duper edition of Wits. I'm John Moe. This week, we are celebrating President's Day in America. Everybody has their own form of celebration. I am planning to pay tribute to William Henry Harrison by giving a long speech without a coat on and then dying 30 days later. We'll see how that goes. I might not go through with it. But like any public radio show, we have had the honor of hosting many presidents and American icons on our show. Because all public radio shows are like that. You know how often uh, presidents have been on on, uh, the Splendid Table and uh, Car Talk. It's a, a nonstop stream of presidents. So we're going to take a look at some of the most memorable presidential moments on Wits. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Hello, I'm singer, songwriter, and broken piano Tom Waits. And I'm the ghost of President Abraham Lincoln. Abe and I agree on many things. The phantom burn of whiskey at the end of a long night screaming in a warehouse. The importance of keeping our nation from being torn asunder by the scourge of slavery. And then, of course, there's convenient Convenient and delicious food for kids. Now, I am without physical form. The beam of heaven beckons me, urging me toward the eternal reward of joy, but I shan't go. Because I want to tell you about the tasty offerings endorsed by Tom Waits, me, the ghost of Abe Lincoln, and British mope rock icon Morrissey. Like beanie weenies in a can, little cut up wieners and baked beans in a can. So these very tasty beanie weenies in a can These weenies are made of plants Eat them alone when you're feeling sad The best beanie weenies you've ever had From Morrissey The ghost of Abe Lincoln And Tom Waits Listen, this is the food my grandfather would eat when he was down on his luck and living at the abandoned bus station with a pig named Otis. So buy it for your children. Please, 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 Mom, purchase these beanie weenies in a kind. Oh, it would make me so joyful at school if only for a little while before the melancholy returns. Tom Waits, Ghost of Abe Lincoln, and Morrissey Brand, Beanie Weenies in a Can. This is my greatest accomplishment, including defeating the South. Andy Richter there as the Ghost of Abraham Lincoln, Chris Coza as Morrissey, me as Tom Waits. You know, here at Wits, we really have a, a healthy interest in history, and we started a foundation. The foundation of our Wits Historical Foundation is all about building a solid foundation uh, for the future, both of our foundation and the rest of the world. And uh, through our foundation and the miracle of radio science, we have been able to bring many 
former presidents on the show, including one time, and this was sort of an accident, we brought on the 11th president of the United States. Yes, James K. Polk. I remember it happened one day in April, just a few years ago. Paul F. Tompkins was the guest. I remember it like it was yesterday. Today is a big day for history buffs. The anniversary of Luxembourg's independence, which explains all the drunken reverie in teensy-weensy, very wealthy bars. Also, the anniversary of Minnesota being granted statehood. Finally, independence from France. And on this day in 1846, President James K. Polk... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, John, careful. Uh, John Munson, everyone. Uh, What do you mean, careful, John? Well, you know what happens when you say that president's name in Minnesota. Who, James K. Polk? Stop! That was two. If you say it three times, he appears. John, that is crazy. Please, just don't. I'm scared. The band's scared. (laughs) And I'm told he's not very nice. Okay, folks, I confess I'm not a native Minnesotan, so I didn't know about this. But I am a rational person, and I will prove to you that nothing happens. James K. Polk. There, you see? It was nothing to worry about. Radio audiences, you you can't see this, but there's a blinding light here. And fog and lasers and a a chariot. Ahoy there, losers. Are you James K. Polk? President James K. Polk. I'm sorry, President James... Leader of victorious war against Mexico, establisher of an independent treasury, issued the first postage stamps, what up, philatelists, opened the Smithsonian, broke ground on the Washington Monument, time-traveling history repairman. Wait, what? And all in one term. Didn't even run for re-election. Died of cholera three months after leaving office. Pow! Go big and wrap it up. The Polk plan. But, but time-traveling history repairman? Well, I was proven to be so powerful, the gods, the true gods, the Norse ones, granted me time-traveling abilities to encourage everyone to go big and wrap it up. Wow. This is a lot to take in. I brought a clip. Oh, good. Oh, this Great Depression. How misnamed you are. There's nothing great about you, except you're huge and depressing. So depressing. Pardon me, President Hoover. I think I can help. President James K. Polk? But you're dead. Now you listen to me, Hoover. You need to get this country off the mat. I was thinking of building the Hoover Dam. Don't be stupid, dummy. Here's what you do. Everyone in the country grabs their guns and invades Mexico. Why? Why, I have no quarrel with Mexico. That will make the invasion go easier. You take over Mexico. Everyone gets some sun, some Aztec gold depression over. I'll do it. Thanks, James K. Polk. And that is why Mexico is one of the American states today? I thought, I thought that invasion was Hoover's idea. <laughs> it was me, dummy, the Pokemon. <laughs> Riding aboard Odin's mighty time travel chariot. That's not all. Roll clip two. President Roosevelt, this war shows no sign of ending. We are out of ideas. I agree, Mr. Churchill. We must find a way to stop Hitler. But how? We've tried everything. Not everything, idiots. (laughs) Sir, 
How dare you? No, 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 it's okay, Winnie. I've heard about this. It's President Polk. Thank goodness you're here. What can we do? The answer should be obvious. Maybe not to you. Mexico. Attack it. Like crazy. <laughs> this is preposterous. Mexico is not the problem. It's Nazi Germany. It's Japan and occasionally maybe Italy. And Mexico's an American state uh, ever since the Hoover invasion. Oh, I get it. You think the way to win wars is to do the expected. No wonder you're losing. Every man, gun, tank, and plane into Mexico. Do it! JP Polk! President Polk, you mean to tell me that the famous Mexican maneuver was your idea? That wrapped up World War II in 1941. That's right, JKP. All of Europe was taken over by the Soviets, but Hitler was baffled to death. I guess you were important to both history and politics. And culture, dummy. Culture? Clip three! Whoa, J.J. Abrams, we are in a mess with our show Lost. We, we, we got a crazy island, a smoke monster, characters who don't know what's going on. I, and we don't know either, Damon Lindelof, other creator of Lost. Yeah. I bet the audience thinks we have some big master plan, but we don't. No. If we don't think of something, it'll end years from now with an unsatisfying apotheosis. Oh, if only James K. Polk were here. Uh, James K. Polk? James K. Polk. Stuck, are you? Oh. Here, stupids. I've written a script that ought to solve everything. Polk, out! Thanks! Lost. Yeah, I remember that show. At the end of the first season, they all put up their own Washington monuments, established a treasury, issued stamps, and then promptly died of cholera. It was a very satisfying ending. It's what I do. And now I must go. The show could be tighter, maybe half as long. And the show should die of cholera. Oh. I don't think a show is The really guns are against the wall. Mexico is that way. You know what to do. James K. Polk, everyone. This has been a presentation of the Wits Historical Foundation. Comedian Paul F. Tompkins as President James K. Polk. Joseph Scrimshaw as President Hoover. Neil Gaiman as Winston Churchill. Kevin Murphy as President Roosevelt. Kevin Murphy and Bill Corbett also as Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. You know, because of our work with the Wits Historical Foundation, we were also able to bring to life another major moment in presidential history. It was on a show that we did with actress and comedian Amy Sedaris and happened just before the 4th of July holiday. We got our radio science cooking and we were able to travel back in time, sort of, to pretend back to the first day of independence for the United States of America and the founding fathers who were there. Okay, Franklin, what's the holdup? Why won't you sign? The national bird is an important subject, Thomas, and I think the turkey is an excellent choice. But why, Ben? Why? The turkey is brave and noble. He earns his place in the world by honest means. And then you can eat him on Thanksgiving, and it's like you're ingesting America. Ah. (laughs) You can feel America travel through your gastrointestinal tract, being converted to waste. Ben, you're weirding me out a little. What bird do you suggest, Adams? I want to table the bird discussion for now. I think we need to address the message we're sending England here. Hello, everyone. Sorry I'm late. Hi, Hi, Hancock. It's me, John Hancock. Yeah, you don't have to yell. There's just a few of us here right now. Small room. It's me, Hancock. Hi. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure to make my presence known. Oh, is this the declaration? Cool, I'll sign it. Okay, John, John, 
There just make sure you leave room for other people too, please. What? I can't even hear you guys. Never mind, Hancock. Well, fellas, I gotta go. Good luck with England. Ostriches, maybe? They're pretty cute. Scary. No one messes with an ostrich. We'll get to the birds, Ben. Promise. Now, Jefferson, mm -hmm. it says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, right. that all men are created equal, mm -hmm. that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Yep. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. I thought so. But I wonder if we need to define the terms. When you say all men, do you mean just men or women, too? Oh, no, no, no. I mean women as well, of course. I didn't think it was even an issue. Oh, my God. Do you think I sound sexist? I could change it. No, no, I, I think they'll figure it out. Yeah. How about a kangaroo? Well, that's not even a bird. Now, this, this business about being endowed by their creator. Right, see, I didn't say God, because when people see that, they'll know that we have religious freedom, and no one will ever get all uptight about religion and American government. Oh, well done, well done. Yes, that should take care of everything. Hey, guys, sorry I'm late. Ah, well, Samuel Adams, drinking more than your share of ale again, I see. Yeah, yeah, man, I like to party. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Listen, I looked at this here declamation. There's stuff you left out. Like? Well, we should henceforth celebrate this day by blowing crap up. <laughs> with, with rockets and stuff. Pow! Why? Why not? You're... I am going to fight you. <laughs> oh, oh, and hey, hey, on Coney Island in New York, there ought to be a hot dog eating contest. It would be disgusting and awesome, and everyone's throwing up, you know? But mostly the blowing stuff up. Trust me, dude, you gotta have that. You could blow up a turkey. Oh, man, radical Franklin. Blow up a turkey. I can live with that. Oh. Fine, fine. We'll, we'll sign it now, and we'll put that stuff in later. Just try to work around Hancock's signature. And yeah. that is the transcript from the signing of the Declaration of Independence, brought to you by the Wits History Foundation. It's Amy Sedaris as Ben Franklin, Kevin Murphy as Thomas Jefferson, Joseph Scrimshaw as John Adams, Bill Corbett as Sam Adams, and me as John Hancock. John Hancock! Quick break to check back in with our sponsor. Long have I wandered the mortal plane, bereft of the body stolen from me by an assassin's bullet. I yearn to be reunited with my family in the fields of Elysium. Yet I toil on because I believe in bringing delicious refreshment to children. I'm the ghost of President Abraham Lincoln. And I'm Tom Waits. It was on a cold November night. I had fallen down some stairs behind a donkey rental shop down by the docks. A stranger held me up. He told me how thirsty kids are today with their on-the-go lifestyles. It was this cowboy right here. Tom Waits, I said. Children have soccer practice, Spanish lessons, video games. We needs must bring them the kind of refreshment that only artificial flavors and high fructose corn syrup can provide. Well, once we got Morrissey on board, we had the team needed to make our all-new extreme juice pouch. I'm gonna juice pouch And now I won't ever be so thirsty I can't bear to talk to anyone I'll sit in the corner and drink This extreme juice pouch 
Available in wild strawberry turbo cotton candy, old menthol cigarettes, and teardrops. We created this together in a kitchen over the course of seven months. I thought Daniel Day-Lewis was pretty good as me in that movie, but it seemed a little acty, you know? Well, I just wanted to get that out there. I don't get to talk to people much, seeing as I am a ghost. Oh, mother dear, I am prostrate On the football pitch The other extroverted children have trampled me over If I could have an extreme juice pouch Perhaps my childhood wouldn't be so vulgar Childhood is always vulgar, Morrissey. Life is vulgar. As is death, my friend. But at least you can taste refreshment. If you're alive. Unlike me, the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. Extreme juice pouches. Try them today. Andy Richter, again, as the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. Chris Coza as Morrissey. Me as Tom Waits. Some of our guests have been incredibly knowledgeable about American presidents. Margaret Cho, for instance, is way into presidents. She has, and this is true, a tattoo of Abraham Lincoln on one knee and George Washington on the other. In college, singer-songwriter Josh Ritter, frequent guest on our show, designed his own major called American History Through Narrative Folk Music. We draw in the history geeks. We had Margaret and Josh on the show together in 2013, and we had them play a game called Lesser Known Moments in History. We asked one of them to explain the backstory of a moment in history, the other to sing a few verses from a song that celebrates that historic moment. What we learned was surprising. We've heard about a mutual dislike between Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. Margaret Cho, what was at the heart of that dislike? I think it had something to do with Mary Todd's Ouija board because they were trying to contact Lincoln's dead son and Mary Todd was depressed and Dolly Madison kept coming over and it was the real housewives of the White House. And it was all really unpleasant. And you know how these first ladies can be. They had a garden, they were fighting and they were trying to consult the Ouija board for help and there was just no help whatsoever. And that spilled over into, uh, into Adams. Into Civil War. Okay. <laughs> Josh Ritter, uh, I, I know you have a song up your sleeve that tells uh, a story of this. I, 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 I've, heard, I've heard Margaret's uh, theories many times. Um, the, uh, the actual fact is that we have scraps of song from the 1820s, which don't go back as far as we need them to, but provide a hint. <laughs> John Adams hated all Italians. <laughs> Tommaso Jefferson was one. That's all we have. Wow. I think I have to give that to Josh Ritter. That was strong. Uh, Margaret Cho, tell us about George Washington's problem with squirrels. Well, George Washington had a problem with squirrels because they kept trying to bore into his teeth and work their way down his throat. And the problem with most of America's founding fathers is that they didn't have a gag reflex. 
So they were trying to burrow down, you know, and he could not tell a lie. So it just, it just was a bit, it was bad. That sounds bad. Yeah. Gosh, vivid. Josh Ritter, give us a song about Washington's problem with squirrels. Squirrels infested George Washington's mouth. At Valley Forge, he couldn't get the words out. So Paul Revere made him a new silver tooth. Now werewolves all stay away from him, too. Comedian Margaret Cho with singer-songwriter Josh Ritter. This is a special podcast-only edition of Wits, President's Day edition. And, you know, it's important that we remember the people, not just who served as president, but the people behind those people. You know, it's all about people. You know, we were in San Francisco recently. We did a show with Paget Brewster, Paul F. Tompkins, Eugene Merman, Nellie McKay, and Loudon Wainwright III. And at that show, we learned a lot about a very important person uh, behind President Franklin Roosevelt. Ah, I'm so out of shape. Try this very old recording, Eugene. Eleanor Roosevelt's Guide to Exercise and Strength. That sounds like exactly what I need. Would Eleanor Roosevelt exercise? Watch it, bub. She was a great woman. Well, I, I just didn't know that she... She said, watch it, bub! Bub, science has proven that Eleanor Roosevelt could do anything. Anything you say? Hello, exerciser. I'm Eleanor Roosevelt. Put down that butter and lard sandwich and don your exercising trousers. She sounds like a classy lobster. 20 push-ups. And remember, if someone betrays you once, it's their fault. If they betray you twice, it's time to exercise. I don't think that's right. Two touches. Make sure you hit on all sixes. I'm lost already. Now find an alley cat. Provoke it. Then wrestle it. I saw some weird, sick old cats outside. Let's go! No, I never heard this part. Do the thing you think you cannot do, even if you're certain you cannot do it. There! Eleanor, one. Cat, zero. (laughs) Sleep well, alley cat. The great beyond is nothing to be feared. Turn it off. This is awful. I want to go rescue homeless cats from Eleanor Roosevelt. She's dead. Don't ever say that, Paul. Now punch your reflection. Strike the mirror. Oh, my God. Eleanor Roosevelt started the first fight club. Punch me, Paul. I will not. Ow! That hurts! Your workout is now complete. With Eleanor Roosevelt's Guide to Exercise and Strength, I'm on the way to being a stately matron of diplomacy. (laughs) Thanks, Eleanor. That's actress Paget Brewster as Eleanor Roosevelt with Eugene Merman, Paul F. Tompkins, and singer Nellie McKay. Let's uh, check back in with our sponsor. Hello. I'm Tom Waits. 
Sometimes when I hear the rumble of a diesel truck and it turns my dreams to old bitter cabbage, I think, why am I here? It's a question I ask myself a great deal. I'm the ghost of President Abraham Lincoln. As I've floated devoid of form, unseen by the mortal world for, lo, these many decades, I've wondered if I was hated by God. Did he think me so repulsive as to have me shot in front of my wife in a theater? Did he think the hundreds of thousands of men who died to keep the country together died in vain? And then we came up with these chips. Extreme snack blaster chips with the taste kids love. Well, and now I feel great. They're the only chip created and endorsed by the ghosts of Abe Lincoln, Tom Waits, and Morrissey. The flavor comes bursting out in waves of despair and cool ranch. The sharp edges of the chip mirror the shards of my heart. I weep and I sit inside this box. Nice work there, Morrissey. They're tastier than the fist of a sailor who leaves for Singapore in the morning. More delicious than the raising of the Union flag over Fort Sumter. These chips won't fix anything, but they will give you salt if you don't have enough in your tears. Extreme snack blaster chips. Ask for them by name. Get these chips today, Mildred, before the dogs do. Andy Richter as Lincoln, Chris Coza as Morrissey, me as Tom Waits. We hope you enjoyed our reflections back on great presidential moments on Wits, and we hope you had a wonderful President's Day holiday. Hope you got some time of silent contemplation, roaming the woods, thinking about what Rutherford B. Hayes means to you. Do you know what the B in Rutherford B. Hayes stands for? Butherford. That's right, Rutherford, Rutherford Hayes. Wits is part of the Infinite Guest Podcast Network. You can check out all of the podcasts on the network at infiniteguest.org, including my sports podcast called Home Dunk. If you want more Wits, check out videos, past episodes, photos, all sorts of Witsabilia. That's all at witsradio.org. You can follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and all of the places on Internet. Our technical director is Corey Schreppel. Our executive producer is Peter Clowney. Our senior producers are Hans Buto and Larissa Anderson. I'm John Moe. Bye now.